Stu Does America. Run, kid, run! PlayTV.com slash Stu. Use code Stu. Get 10 bucks off. If you're watching on YouTube, like the video right now, follow the page, click the bell, all the things. We do very much appreciate it. Jason Buttrell is finally over his power hour hangover, and he'll join us to recap and talk a little bit about Sam Bankman-Fried. He's getting the cuffs. Uh, that's not a good thing for him. It's a good thing for the rest of us, probably. We got the latest on that. But we start by doing nuclear fusion. Yes, I know you come here for deep science, and that's why. That's why this show exists. It's just one of our 47-part series on nuclear fusion, and we decided to bring out part 43 today. If you missed the other part, the other 42 parts, you're probably not going to understand all of this, but just hang with us as much as you possibly can. There's a big announcement uh, that happened today. We'll talk about that in a second, but there was also a big announcement that happened during the radio show directly from God. And God said, do not finish this radio show. We did hour one of the show. We got into the news at the top of the hour. We're just sitting there and all of a sudden everything goes pitch black. We lose power. We look outside and there seems to be something that looks awful like an awful lot like a tornado going on. Uh, very heavy winds, very heavy rains, tree branches blowing all over the place. Now there was, uh, at least it seems like there were tornadoes, uh, a lot of places are saying this, uh, severe weather, damage across North Texas from possible tornadoes. Now there's video of the tornadoes crossing the highway, so I don't know why they're possible tornadoes, but I will, I'm going to go out on a limb and say they were definitely tornadoes. And this hit like right around where we live, where we work, all over this area. You know, uh, a car wash I go to sometimes, uh, got all sorts of damage. A Sam's Club, the roof is caved in. Uh, a tire shop, it's got its, you know, walls blown down. It was a serious thing. And I think this is one of those moments, one of the moments that the left usually tries to take advantage of when it comes to global warming. They like to say, well, you just were affected by severe weather. You must want to give us money to cut carbon, right? Well, you're going to be surprised to hear the answer. No. I don't want to give you money to do anything because all you do is steal it. You're like Sam Bankman freed. Uh, so anyway, we've got that going on here. And it got me thinking about the environment a little bit because I knew it was coming up. Of course, we're seeing all sorts of reporting around here about how people are now taking global climate change seriously after dealing with these storms. Look, you could take it seriously or not. It should not be affected by whether your house gets hit by a tornado or it hits in another part of the country. Uh, it should not affect you uh, that way. You should be able to make sober, rational decisions based on policy, not on emotion. But of course, the left knows that's how people operate. We did see a major scientific advance, though, when it comes to potentially the fight against climate change. And let me introduce you to one of the nation's preeminent scientists as he talks about it. Marty! You've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute. What are you doing, Doc? I need fuel. Go ahead. Quick, get in the car. Mr. Fusion, is it a reality? It is coming soon to a power plant near you. Well, kind of. The DOE National Laboratory has made history by achieving fusion ignition. This is important for a multitude of reasons. There's some reason to be skeptical of it, but first let's hear from Jennifer Granholm. She is, no, not 
uh, out of work and um, trying to form a new group of girls to maybe a future Golden Girls episode or reboot. No, she's not doing that. She's still working in the government despite her record. She is the energy secretary like right now. Did you know that? Jennifer freaking Granholm right now. Here she is blabbing about this uh, new scientific discovery. Last week at the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory in California, scientists at the National Ignition Facility achieved fusion ignition. And that is creating more energy from fusion reactions than the energy used to start the process. It's the first time it has ever been done in a laboratory, anywhere in the world. Simply put, this is one of the most impressive scientific feats of the 21st century. And look, fusion would be a really, really impressive thing. Now, of course, they can do fusion. The difference that the, the hook of this particular uh, process is to create more energy than you put in. They can do it when they put in more energy than you take out, but there's not really a lot of use for that. This does not mean we're right around the corner from uh, fusion powering every single one of your devices, but it's a pretty significant situation. Here's Granholm again talking about what this accomplishment means. What does this accomplishment do? Two things. First, it strengthens our national security because it opens a new realm for maintaining a safe, secure, and effective nuclear deterrent in an age where we do not have nuclear testing. Ignition allows us to replicate for the first time certain conditions that are found only in the stars and the sun. And the second thing it does, of course, is that this milestone moves us one significant step closer to the possibility of zero carbon abundant fusion energy powering our society. If we can advance fusion energy, we could use it to produce clean electricity, uh, transportation fuels, power, heavy industry, so much more. So much more, says Jennifer Granholm. And, and look, it is potentially an exciting field. It could be really, really interesting. And of course, Joe Biden has had multiple sort of moonshot announcements where he's tried to convince everyone that he's going to do something incredible. And one of the ways you can check on probably his biggest promise is on the website hasjoebidencuredcancer.com. If you go to hasjoebidencuredcancer.com, there you can find out if Joe Biden has cured cancer. Has Joe Biden cured cancer.com? The answer right now is no. He is not. He did promise it on the campaign. The video is right up there at hasjoebidencuredcancer.com. But you can always go there and check out, hey, is this the time? Did he finally get it done? Is it cured? The answer is so far, unfortunately, sadly, no. Would I like Joe Biden to cure cancer? Is there advancement in the cancer industry completely separate from Joe Biden? Sure, all those things are true, but he has not yet cured cancer. Has he cured our energy problems. Well, he hasn't done that either. Now, there is something to be hopeful for here. Cold fusion technology, you've seen the, you know, years ago there was a big fake announcement about it. A huge scandal erupted out of scientists saying they had achieved it, they had not. Uh, we, this is something that has been sort of on the wish list of every scientist in the, in the world that actually wants cheap, abundant energy. It would be great. It would be great if we can do this. Now, of course, we have this already in the form of nuclear energy, regular good old fission nuclear 
energy. Um, there you have uh, some associated side effects, though. We know that it's possible that it could go out of control. We don't necessarily want to give it to a place like Iran. Fusion technology would be something that we could give to Iran and let them have abundant energy. And we wouldn't have to worry about them making things that you know blow up their neighbors. So there are positives here. You don't have that sort of problem. This is the type of stuff that could power anything in theory. You can miniaturize it. It could be the type of thing, and you know, they talk about it in a way of like, you could power your phone by charging it once a year for an hour, and it would be able to charge. Uh, it would continue to work. Um, it, they talk about stuff of like, you know, like the entire, uh, an, an airplane, every flight they take in a year could be uh, powered by this very, very small level f uh, fusion technology. You know, we, we have nuclear submarines, for example, but a lot of the, the, what goes into the nuclear submarine, you have to make it, you have to make the area dealing with the nuclear reactors so large because of all the different safety precautions you have to take around fission technology. Well, this is different. This would be safe. It would be portable. It could be abundant and zero emissions and clean and everything else. Now, of course, that does not mean we have this by this announcement. When you read the details of the announcement, it sounds, to me and you, a little less impressive. There's an article today from the New York Times, Scientists Achieve Nuclear, nuclear Fusion Breakthrough with Blast of 192 Lasers. But the details are, they, they just sound less cool, I'll be honest with you. In a brief moment lasting less than 100 trillionths of a second, 2.05 megajoules of energy, roughly the equivalent of a pound of TNT, bombarded the hydrogen pellet. Outflowed uh, a flood of neutron particles, the product of fusion, which carried about 3 megajoules of energy, an energy gain of 1.5. It will take quite a while, though, before fusion becomes available on a widespread practical scale, if ever. Probably decades says the director of Lawrence Livermore, said in the Tuesday news conference, not six decades, I don't think, it's very specific, I think not five decades, which is what we used to say. I think it's moving into the foreground and probably with concerted effort and investment, a few decades of research on the underlying technologies could put us, could put us in a position to build a power plant. So this is not like the solution to our problems anytime soon. It's great that they're pursuing it. I, for one, cheer on. Uh, scientific advancement in, in fields like this because it does tend to really change our perspective. And that's kind of one of the most important things. You know, I'm not a guy who cares all that much about global warming. Now, I don't fear it. I'm not worried about it. I don't think the same way that the mainstream media does about it. And, you know, I can look at this and say, well, I think uh, a lot of these high high-end sort of fears, the worst-case scenarios, they've been proven wrong over and over and over again. So I don't, I don't take them all that seriously. But I think it is important when you come to a conversation like this to step back and say, wait a minute, is, is, are these just my prior beliefs in action? How can I test my priors? How can I push back against that? I mean, you know, a lot of people believe that something bad can't happen until it happens. Uh, famously, like three days before Russia crossed the border, Zelensky was out there saying, they're not going to invade, don't worry about it. If you have prior beliefs and you come out there and you're super confident in them instead of having the ability to question yourself and work through those things, well, that's uh, usually a negative. Here's the thing, though. I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm amazed that the left, that is the party of science, is the one that cannot understand this is how all of this ends. Do we know for sure that it's going, global warming is going to be horrifically awful like they say? Of course not. 
Do we know for a fact it's not going to be? Well, you know, we think, I think there's a lot of evidence that supports that, but, you know, there's a lot of evidence to say that, you know, a pandemic won't come next year, and we had just had to deal with a big one. Sometimes worst-case scenarios uh, happen. So how will we avoid that? The left and the media want to tell you you have to stop driving your SUV. You have to pay more for energy. You have to put up ugly solar panels all over the place. You have to withhold energy progress from places like Africa, because if they develop, God forbid, into a first world nation, all the energy they'll use as they keep staying alive and all of that, we certainly can't have any of those things going on. I find that to be an abhorrent line of thinking, but this is something that is very widespread on the environmentalist left. Sure. We uh, are able to uh, become a, a wonderful civilization here. We can't allow these other countries to do that because that would be so bad for everybody else. This is all just awful. But I do think it's important to understand how this actually works. In 1900, there's a big conversation going on in New York City and Manhattan. They got an island. It's one of the most, and it's got lots of businesses, just like it does now, obviously at a much smaller scale. But it was a, it was a city center. It was a center of commerce. People had to get around that center of commerce. People were moving there very quickly. It was getting more and more crowded. And environmentalists of the day looked at this and said, holy crap, we've got, and they actually almost, almost exactly said that. They said, holy crap, we've got ourselves a problem. Horse crap. There's too much horse crap everywhere. We've got all these horses coming in. People want to lug stuff around the island. They want to transport themselves back and forth. Horses go to crap in the middle of the street. We push it to the side. It keeps piling up. How are we going to get rid of all this horse crap? That's the environmental problem of the day. And they had all sorts of debates about what policies they could do to get rid of the horse crap. And how, how are they going to do this? Because if you project into the future, the entire island will just be a giant pile of horse crap. Now, they didn't know that the entire island would t turn into uh, a, a, an island of human feces. That's a whole, you know, totally different story. At least the subways are that way. But they, that's what they believed the issue would be. A hundred years later, of course... That concern was completely ridiculous. Why? Well, we had a ton of advancement, like cars and subways and all sorts of different things for people to get around. Trucks that would lug stuff in and then go. Fossil fuels made the island livable. The, the city was much more clean. The city was better for people to live in. And it improved and improved and improved over time. The idiotic, what we look back at now, idiotic concerns of how much horse crap, why are you spending your time on that? when the car is right around the corner. Well, they didn't know the car was right around the corner. They didn't know it was coming. So they sat there and worried about nonsensical problems they could do very little about in the short term, but in the long term would cure itself. Bring you to today. When you have a, an announcement like this, it's a reminder that we are always improving things. The combustion engine of the 1970s and 80s has almost nothing to do with the internal combustion engine of today. They're much more impressive, much more efficient, much better on gas. Incredible compared to the cars. I mean, do you remember what it was like back? I mean, go back. I was in the high school in, in the early 90s. And I remember driving around. There were constantly cars that were broken down on the side of the road. I remember having cars when I first started driving that would die all the time. People had junkers everywhere. Now, even the, you know, the cheapest car, you buy the cheapest, you know, economy car, 10 years later, 100,000 miles, that thing's still running pretty darn well. And that's something that's 10 years old. The cars that are coming out today will work even better as we go forward. We do have innovations. Some of them might wind up being incredibly great. Some of them might be failures, but that's okay. And eventually, 
our scientists will come up with something like cold fusion. They will be able to uh, lock it in and they will solve so many of the dumb problems we talk about today. We're talking about, well, we can't take any more oil out of the ground. Well, what is, it's a stupid concern when if we only knew we had cold fusion right around the corner, maybe we wouldn't have been so stupid. Now, of course, Jennifer Granholm will tell you we have to be stupid and cold fusion is right around the corner, which really makes no sense whatsoever. But these problems will be fixed, if they are problems at all, by scientific innovation going forward. The same problems that we have today will be cured by scientific innovation, by entrepreneurs discovering new things and commercializing them so that everyone can have them at a low price. This has happened over and over and over and over again. Yet it's us, conservatives, who believe in that scientific invention, invention and innovation. People who believe in businesses commercializing this and bringing it to market so that everyone can have it at a low, affordable price. It's us. We're the people who are called anti-science. The people on the left who are constantly acting as if our current fossil fuel situation will be the only thing that we ever use in our entire lives. None of these innovations will ever come to market. None of, the, none of this will ever be improved. They're the ones constantly saying they're pro-science. I think the pro-science position is believing that scientists are able to improve these situations over time. That, that commerce and the market will come together to provide these things to people at an inexpensive cost. That's the pro-science position. Also happens to, happens to be my position, and I would, I would wager yours as well. The way you solve these problems is not by nagging people to turn their TVs off or get smaller big screen TVs or drive cars that they hate. The way you do this is by getting a larger uh, energy base, by getting uh, energy to be more and more reliable, to create and innovate, to adapt to problems as they appear when you can see them, not trying to predict what they are a million years in advance. Not trying to say, well, uh, sea level rise might happen in 50 years, so let's, uh, let's try to not drive SUVs for the next 50 years and see what happens. Let's roll, let, roll the dice. I don't know, when you see it rising, maybe put up a, a seawall. You know, maybe don't put all of your civilizations right on the water if, if, if it comes to that. There's a lot of things you can do. People have done it all around the world, and sometimes, yeah, it is. A, there can be moments where you don't necessarily have all the answers. Those answers are almost always right around the corner. Have we learned nothing? Of course, I suppose if you're Jennifer, Jennifer Granholm, the answer to that is, yeah, no, I've, I've, I've learned nothing. If you happen to eat meat, I guess you probably want to know where it comes from. You know, you don't just want it coming from some, uh, who knows what's out there, right? Uh, coming from other countries, uh, maybe other planets sometimes. Uh, however, when you have Moink, uh, the place you do, this place it's coming from is small family farms across the country. Um, you know, and I mean this, this country. Uh, it means you can help save family farms. Uh, you can get access to the highest quality meat on earth when you join the, join the Moink movement. Moink delivers grass-fed, grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon, all this straight to your door. Moink farmers farm like the grandparents of the old days did. Uh, all they had to do uh, was do it the right way, and people seemed to enjoy it. Well, Moink said, well, why don't we just do that and let everybody get access to it? Uh, we were just talking about innovations. This is one of them. This is fantastic. 
Now, you know, I'm not a meat eater myself, but my family does eat meat, and I'm, of course, the grill guy. I want to make sure they have the best products possible. Uh, they love Moink Box. When it comes, they always, they want a steak, they want to have the, the bacon, they have all this stuff, and they love it. Keep America uh, farming uh, and, and keep it going by signing up at moinkbox.com slash stew. Right now, listeners get to this show, get free filet mignon for an entire year in every order. Oh yeah, that's one year of the best filet mignon you'll ever taste. But it's for a limited time, spelled M-O-I-N-K, box.com, M-O-I-N-K, box.com, slash stew. It's moinkbox.com, slash stew. The standoff at the border is heating up between Texas Governor Greg Abbott and the federal government. Politicians will never let a crisis go to waste. We have been invaded. The crisis is being used by Republicans as a photo op by the Democrats to expand their voting base. More than 85% of everybody reaching the border is coming in. That's the definition of an open border. Just down the road, you can get in no problem, no Humvees, no farm guards. What people don't realize is there's a way around everything. The Blaze Originals team traveled to the Texas border, ground zero of the most controversial news story of 2024. With some experts estimating over 4 million border crossings in 2023 alone, we embedded with the Take Our Border Back convoy to investigate. What if the entire narrative you thought you knew was a lie? Go watch the real story of Texas versus the feds and how the elites use the border crisis against us by visiting realbordercrisis.com and use code TEXAS for $30 off an annual subscription to Blaze TV. Let's bring in Jason Buttrell, head writer and researcher for Glenn Beck, also cryptocurrency uh, extraordinaire. Jason, welcome to the program. Thank you. And four-time uh, champion of the Power Hour. He didn't mention that. but I did not mention uh, that. It was not, was not in the prompter. That's Adam's fault. What are you doing, Adam? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you did come to the Power Hour for the fourth time. Is, is it a participation award you keep giving yourself? How does this work exactly? Ask the audience, because they're all in agreement that it's uh, four times. So, I mean, I'll leave it to the fans. The worst which... part about it is they are all in agreement. I know. It's really right? annoying. They've just adopted your stupid point that you won the Power Hour, even though there is no winner of the Power this is a, that's untrue. But this is crazy because like if you watch the power hour, there's still shot glasses yes. littered all over the place. I think they're the ones that I threw, and they probably all smell like peppermint schnapps. This is making me very the uh, the the cleaning crew did not exactly. <laughs> say, I say uh, we keep it. It's good now. Yeah, no, I don't necessarily want the ants from your sugary <laughs> like penalty shots uh, all over the uh, studio. But it was impressive. I will say, at one point, you looked at me with the crazy eyes. I, I was like, that's those are eyes I've never seen from Jason before. When you were seemingly asking for multiple extra peppermint schnapps shots uh, on the broadcast. Well, for a while, I think you were just sliding them over to me as if I was in a penalty <laughs> box. And I was like, what did I do now? All right, forget it. I'm a bit of a bad influence in the, on the drinking <laughs> of others. <laughs> it's just something that's uh, kind of inherent in me. Yeah. And it's, it's, look, we all have our issues. That's one of mine. Yeah. But thank you so much for coming. You can watch, yep. the, by the way, The Power Hour. It's available now. Uh, one of our biggest ones ever. Uh, it's available on YouTube.com slash America. Uh, Jason was there, Alex Stein, Sarah Gonzalez, uh, Josh Jennings. Uh, who else do we have here? Um, I'm missing one, right? One, two. I don't know. I can't remember. Whoever else is here, thank you for coming as well. It was great. We had a great time. We did audience shots. People came in from the audience. They were new. a lot of fun. Really big, uh, fun crowd here uh, to participate in our idiocy. So This is becoming a thing, like a much larger thing. I mean, it's almost like we have to keep one-upping it. I'm not entirely sure how we do it. Maybe live from AT&T Stadium next year, something like that. Something like that. I think we could sell it out, you know? <laughs> yeah. I 80, mean, why 80, not? 80,000 people? Sure. I, I will say there will be a lot more talent uh, on display than oh. the Cowboys. Uh, 
Texans Ouch. game this weekend. Ouch. I mean, look, even you and I, just us together, could probably beat the Texans. The fact that they needed a last-second drive to do such a thing <laughs> is quite the statement. But let's go to the more important things. Yeah. Um, uh, an arrest has been made. Mm. With Sam Bankman Freed. He was, of course, the cryptocurrency guy. Uh, you're a big cryptocurrency guy. I don't know if people know this. Yeah. Um, or at least you've been able to, uh, you, you've, you've ridden, ridden the wave pretty well uh, over the years. Uh, I don't know that you'd consider yourself a cri- cryptocurrency entrepreneur, but uh, you are, you've done some pretty, some pretty uh, successful investments. Yeah, uh, got me into motorcycle riding, so pretty much <laughs> exclusively, pretty crazy. You know, it's like there's nothing like, only cryptocurrency, which is crazy. Like you could, where you just stroll into a dealership, check your, you know, your, you know, file, file, uh, fire up coin desk and just look <laughs> and be like, you know, purchase, buy, I think I'll take that. It's, it's just insane. <laughs> yeah. um, that's why people really like it. When it's going it, up, they really like it. It is, but that's what kind of, before we get into Sam Bingham-Fried, I mean, that, that's what kind of worries me about all of these, like, high-profile, like, disasters, like FTX. I mean, this is, I mean, I think you and I have had conversations before, like, this is, crypto is one step away from, I don't know, like, we, you know, the FBI finding out, finding out that all the, you know, I don't know, Al-Qaeda finances go through Bitcoin or something <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? And then just tomorrow it could be gone. And a lot of us have like really banked. I've banked like a, not I don't solely rely on it, but it's going to make my retirement a whole lot more comfortable if this <laughs> thing goes. And there's a certain point, which I won't say on air, that if it gets to and I've already told you, yes, I'm gone. Yeah. I'm like not even coming back in the next day. I'm just writing an email or something. Would you still come in for power hours if, the, if it hits this number? <laughs> I would so come in for power hours. You, maybe daily. Yeah, it could well, be daily. I'm, I'm going to go for more wins than Tom Brady. Yeah, I, think <laughs> I can get that done. Uh, so it, it is interesting with Sam Bankman-Fried because I agree with you. You know, there are bad actors in cryptocurrency. What people, I think, forget is that there are also bad actors in every other industry, including banking. We didn't say, oh, gosh, uh, you know, Merrill Lynch went under. That proves the banking industry is not legitimate. We didn't say, oh, well, Bernie Madoff, when, uh, you know, it was running a Ponzi scheme. Therefore, all investment advisors should be in prison. Like this, the steps they're taking with the story are beyond ridiculous. Yeah. And they're only going to go so far with the banking crises the reason why they don't spend an overly large amount of time on it is because they own that business. Mm. You know, the Fed is theirs or they are the feds, either mm. way you want to look at it. Um, but so, I mean, and, that, and that's really where this is going to. They don't, and that's the beauty of crypto is they don't have control over that. They desperately want control over that. They're going to push further and further to try to regulate it. And maybe eventually something like China just get rid of it altogether. We know they're going for a digital dollar, a CBDC, central bank digital currency. They're working on that. They've had pilot programs in the past mm-hmm. month or so to try and test that. They want this. They want this. And I, what place does you know coins like bitcoin or any of the others ethereum anything have in that system it's i don't see how it does do you saw that one uh was it a joe rogan podcast where one of his uh people showed like some video of what was it the central bank of of england talking about like what uh digital the digital pound would do for them Mm -hmm. and they even talked about it being programmable so yeah. literally, like, and they said there's great social benefits to having it being programmable. Explain what programmable would mean in this context. So in, in, in this context, let's just say that, um, I don't know, the carbon footprint is way too high that week or whatever. Mm. Everyone's ESG scores are spiking out the roof. So what they can do is, is they can say, okay, well, you can only buy $10 worth of gas this week, something like that. 
anything outside that $10, they can just program it right off. Or they don't want you buying sugary drinks anymore, which would really hurt you. And uh, they would just cut off sugary drinks. You're the guy who's drinking all the schnapps. <laughs> That's true. Well, something that hurt us both. Let's right. just say they don't like Taco Bell anymore. Oh, my gosh. Taco, Taco Bell's cut off. That's when the revolution starts. That's when the right revolution there. starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, in a real way. We'll let peppermint schnapps like, slide. In an individual it. sense, you could see this almost taking the form of a Chinese social credit system, right? Yeah. Like, you, you don't get your COVID test one day. You're, you're not vaccinated. They could turn off your ability to spend in theory right um and it's it's you already see uh, you know whispers of this like kind of like um like kind of like paypal right paypal um started really to be this it was elon musk and peter Thiel. exactly (laughs) free speech absolutists you know supposedly um they don't have anything to do with anymore but um the way it's being run now is if anything that's like ideological against the narrative that they're you know with which Mm. is left-wing politics they're just cutting people off they're even holding some people's money barry white have you seen barry weiss's new media outlet that she launched the free press they they just wrote a really good article on this you should check out um but yeah but but she goes right into it like this is they described exactly like you did it's the Chinese social credit system. It's, you know, being able to say, okay, if you're doing something we don't like, we can just turn off your finances. In that sense, it's even probably one of the most totalitarian things I've seen in in quite a bit of time. Yeah. But a digital dollar would take that to being like a federal thing that they can just do all the time for anything. Yeah. I want to get into Sam Bankman-Fried and the specifics here in a second, but I just want to make this point one more time. If someone buys, you know, a car wash and then they are using that to launder money, breaking bad, right? They're using the car wash to launder money. That does not mean the entire car wash industry should be destroyed. Right. Like, I don't, like, this is just a guy who scammed a bunch of people. And it is important that we, we, he comes to justice. But it's also important to note that, like, this is an offshore exchange. Every cryptocurrency person who cares about cryptocurrency will tell you, do not leave your money in an exchange. It's a place you can go and buy some and then bring it into a private wallet. Um, if you want to leave it in an exchange, you may want to go with one that is in the United States, for example, like actually based in the, not the Bahamas, but the United States. <laughs> there, are, there are things you need to understand about cryptocurrency, and because it's such a nascent industry, people don't necessarily understand that. So anyway, uh, let's go on to uh, Sam Bankman-Fried. He's arrested uh, overnight. He's fighting extradition, I believe. Um, he was just, den- oh yeah, he's fighting extradition. He yeah. was just denied bail like a few minutes ago. Okay, just denied bail. Um, which uh, you can't give bail to a guy who's, you know, supposedly has billions of dollars. And like, we don't know. He's I love how people are taking what he's saying as fact. They're like, well, he was a big Democratic donor, but also a Republican donor. What evidence do we have of this? He said it once. He said it after he was already in trouble. Why would we believe that? Uh, you know, they, they're they, Oh, he only has one hundred thousand dollars left. Why would we believe that? Yeah. This man is not to be trusted. Give me your take on what's going on right now with Sam Bankman Freed. Well, I think it's one of the, I don't think we've even scratched the surface on how far and how deep this goes. Mm. So you, you talk about, I, I just read an article, I think it was AP, and they, they had that same line in there. And I think all these people probably copy and paste all of their articles from a Media Matters write-up. But um, it said, yeah, uh, it's exactly what you just said. He donates to both Democrats and Republicans. I haven't seen anything There's on no, donating to Republicans. Literally no evidence of this. It's, he, he, he said it in a podcast. He's like, you know, our, the, uh, the New York Times interview. He said, well, you know, I gave a lot of money to Republicans, too, but I did that through dark money, so no one knows about it. Okay. And there's, we're just believing this guy? <laughs> he just scammed us out of $32 billion. Okay, so from what we do know, that he is uh, talking about individual donors. He is the second largest individual donor 
to Democrats. I think that encompasses the midterms. Yes, in the midterms. Yep. In the midterms. And of course, you know who number one is. <laughs> George, George frickin' Soros. Soros. Yep. That's the level he's on. Um, and I was reading through some of the documents and some of the charges that they're charging him with uh, today. It's the, it's the SEC, SEC is, is who is charging him. And there was like eight different felonies, uh, fraud, <laughs> money laundering. I'm really interested to see where that goes. But um, one of the things in this article, and it was almost thrown as like, oh yeah, you know, a US attorney said this, it was near the bottom of the article. He is also responsible for making tens of millions of dollars in illegal campaign donations mm. what and then i mean I, did you see uh the uh the ftx uh congressional inquiry today uh no i did not i wish i would have sent that uh video in because mm. maxine waters uh was presiding over maxine that maxine likes him for some reason it seems like. yes what is going on there i don't know but she's uh, got pictures all over the place blowing him kisses in in, in some uh, uh venues i what? i don't know what yeah i don't know what that's all about um but she loves him some uh, sbf but um, she tried to end the, uh, the inquiry today early without letting all of the uh, congressmen ask the witness questions. She tried wow, to yeah, end there's it. Something, there's something going on with her in particular. Oh, there's something going on. There, there's something with all of them going on with it. Again, I don't know. It, it's, it's shady as hell, and I can't wait to dig into the rest of it. Um, let me, we have time for one more here. But, like, there's this theory of, from some people who are saying, look, they're going to try to uh, whitewash this guy. They're gonna, he's a big Democratic donor. He's going to get protection from the Democrats. My theory on this is, number one, this is too big. It's too big of a problem. Uh, you know, $32 billion. He's already Bernie Madoff in so many people, people's minds. He's not savable. Like, a Podesta is savable because people don't really know who he is. He bubbled up in a controversy. He went away. They'll try to whitewash him and bring him back for two reasons. One, he's not really notable. And two, he had a very long history of service and connections with the Democrats. Sam Bankman-Fried's new money. He just got all this money. He's done this in one election. He's not a long-term Democratic donor. He threw a bunch of money at one election, and he's even claiming it went to both sides. Whether that's true or not, we don't know. My point here is I don't think he's going to get a lot of protection here. I think he's in serious trouble. He's going to go away for a very long time. Oh, yes. I think he's in serious trouble. So much of the fact that you better make sure that the jail cell he's sitting in right now, the cameras are operating. Yes. Not like another place. Please. And that the guards don't fall asleep. Yes. Because that is pro <laughs> that's what how I'm envisioning how deep this goes. Yeah. Like there's a lot of people that don't want this guy talking. Yes, I think that's very true. Uh, <laughs> yeah, please turn the cameras on. Please. Please this time. Just this one. Just time. give him a check. You know, check the wires. Check the wires. Make sure everything's going on. Jason Buttrell, head writer and researcher for Glenn Beck and whatever four-time winner <laughs> of the Students America Power Hour. Yes. Uh, but that means he, he lost one. Because he didn't show up. That's right. He didn't show up. That's exactly <laughs> right. Uh, just like the Cowboys this weekend. Um, the, thanks so much for coming on the program, uh, Jason. Uh, you can check out the Power Hour at studospowerhour.com or youtube.com slash studosamerica. Jason, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. You know, buying or selling a home is already one of the most stressful things you can do, especially if you're paying in Dogecoin. Um, however, uh, generally speaking, our homes are our biggest investment, except sometimes for certain people in cryptocurrency. Uh, look, if you happen to have a need to sell a home, let's say you've got 
hundred million dollars of real estate in the Bahamas right now and you need to sell some. I don't know if that will work with real estate agents at trust.com. I'm not sure that they would take you first of all. And I don't know if they serve the Bahamas, but wherever you're buying or selling a home in the United States, you can do it with real estate agents at trust.com. Get the best price, whether you're buying or selling a home, the team will contact you. They will make, uh, make an introduction uh, to their preferred agent in your town. Do it now. It's real estate agents at trust.com real estate agents at trust.com. Make sure to take a moment and subscribe to the podcast. It's available every single day. If you happen to be watching on YouTube, we appreciate that as well. Subscribe. But if you're over on podcast, subscribe there too. In fact, subscribe everywhere. Like, it doesn't hurt you at all. It just helps the show. So, like, why wouldn't you do that? I mean, I can't. I'm focused on the show. Are you? Are you focused on the show's success as much as I am? Oh, you don't get anything out of it? Okay, well, that's a good, good argument. Anyway, if you care, uh, please go subscribe. Uh, five stars is the appropriate number of stars if you write a review, however. Uh, Matt writes in, The Christmas Twist! Just had my annual Christmas Twist viewing with the family. Man, my teenage boys were so happy. Yes, The Christmas Twist, the greatest Christmas movie of all time, is coming on Friday on this very program. We like to air it once a year, right before Christmas. It's our last show before the holidays start. And you're going to get the Christmas twist, one of the greatest, well, not the one of the, that's selling it short. The greatest Christmas movie of all time, starring myself, Glenn Beck, my wife, uh, Jeffy. Ugh. It's great. You're going to love it. It's uh, this Friday on Stew Does America. The Christmas twist. Don't miss it. Make it a tradition with your family, assuming your family does not have young children, because it's a very, very um, strange roller coaster ride. But check it out, uh, Studios America, this Friday. I have uh, an entire fleet of animals that live in my home, including three dogs, one of which is about 100 years old. Uh, Miles, we call him President Miles because he's about as coherent as the actual president. A little bit, he's more alert though, I will say. Um, now, if your dog has all sorts of health problems, if your dog, uh, you want him to live as long as Miles does, I gotta recommend Longevity Formula from Paw Made. Uh, this is an all-natural health supplement for dogs made with 23 dog-friendly superfoods to help keep your pup healthy and strong. Veterinarian-approved Longevity Formula boosts nutrient intake. It protects against toxins. It guards against premature aging. And that's important because aside from poor diet, toxins like pesticides, mold, and air pollution can harm your dog's health. But Longevity Formula contains special toxin-fighting nutrients to protect your dog so that they can live a long, happy life by your side. I mean, I can't guarantee a mile's length life. I mean, I think that's impossible. I think he's the oldest dog that's ever lived. But you could do a lot better with Paw Made. There's a limited time offer exclusively for you. Every purchase of Longevity Formula, you'll receive a free bottle of Paw Made's hip and joint formula as well. Claim your offer. Go to pawmade.com slash stew or call toll-free 833-P-A-W-M-A-D-E. 833-PAW-MADE. It's not Paw Made like the stuff that you put in your hair. It's P-A-W-M-A-D-E. Paw pawmade.com slash stew pawmade.com slash stew or 833-PAW-MADE New poll is out uh, on Republicans and the primary and it has Donald Trump behind by 23 points to Ron DeSantis 56% said DeSantis 33% 
support Trump. This is a USA Today Suffolk University poll. You might think this is great news. You might think this is terrible news. But what I will say is, honestly, I don't know that we're learning much about this race right now with these polls. If you notice, about half of them are really pro, look great for Trump, usually when there's a wider field included. Uh, and on the other hand, uh, with, when it's one-on-one, DeSantis versus Trump, which it will not be, DeSantis seems to be doing better. Uh, look, you know, there's a lot of arguments to be made about this. I, you know, we've talked about it uh, a zillion times. We don't have to rehash them. I just would say, I don't know that I would take too much from these. I think people are making a big deal about it. We're going to see this play out over the next couple of years. We'll see what happens. Uh, Lauren Boebert did win re-election in Colorado. She won by 546 votes. The recount helped her, I think, by about 30 votes, maybe. Uh, but the recount was not much of a factor. If you remember, we were talking about the House. We said this is closer than people realize. We have a. We, we rated all the races A, B, C, D, F. This was an A race. We thought for sure this, that this was going to come through. It did come through. Um, but if you go back at that scale, we we said the A's and the B's were probably going to be Republicans. C's were kind of toss ups, but we thought Republicans would win them. After that, it was going to be tough. What wound up winning when we out of when you look at that grading was Republicans won all the A races, all the B races, all the C races, and I believe only. I think after that, it was only like two two of the D's and F's. So overall, we were like 17 of 19 looking at that as those were coming down. So that's uh, that's where we were. Republicans slightly outperformed things. Again, I bring this up. I know people don't like to talk about this stuff, but it's like if you're stealing elections, you probably don't go two of 19 on the tight ones, right? That doesn't make much sense to me, but we'll see. Um, finally, a non-binary Biden nuclear official, Sam Brinton, has been fired after multiple luggage theft charges. And, you know, people keep talking about this because, okay, kind of a different looking person, uh, identifies as, I think, non-binary, or I don't know, if bouncing back and forth, who knows. Uh, this was obviously just some sort of intersectional show to give this person the job in the first place. But people are criticizing Sam Brinton over this, you know, th- stealing luggage. But remember, and I, you know, look, I don't normally would not defend somebody like this, but remember, th- their job, was to, to dispose of nuclear waste. So maybe that's why they needed the luggage. Have we thought about this yet? Maybe they were testing different pieces of luggage for how well they would hold nuclear waste. I want an investigation of that before I start throwing stones. Back in a second. We're getting close to the end of the year. Uh, an incredible year. A year that I never thought would come. I never thought I would see the day that Roe versus Wade was overturned. I didn't think we'd ever see it. It's incredible that this happened on 6-24-22. By the way, you can get those at studosmerch.com. 6-24-22 was a big day. It did a lot for the pro-life movement, but it did not it didn't win the game. It did not, it did not, it's not a Super Bowl victory here. It's just the opportunity to play the game, if you want to call it that. This is a more of a battle, I suppose, a battle against people who want life to not exist when it comes to a, 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 a baby that is in the womb, someone who is pre-born. Pre-born Ministries is a great organization because they say, you know what, the best way to deal with this is just to introduce mothers to their children when they, when they meet through an ultrasound, hear a heartbeat, 80% of them will choose life, and that's what's been happening. Pre-born doesn't stop there. They support these mothers for multiple years after birth, it's a great organization. They do great things. And as you come to the end of the year, you're thinking about where you might donate for a tax break or whatever else. 
Just 28 bucks can rescue a baby's life. Please give. Right now, they're going to be doubling the matches as well. 100% of your donation will go towards saving babies. Uh, it is pound 250. Go on your phone, pound 250. Use the keyword baby. Pound 250. The keyword is baby. Or you can donate securely at preborn.com slash stew. Preborn.com slash stew. Before we go, John Fetterman is in the new Christian Bale movie, which sounds absolutely terrible. It happened, though, back in the day, includes Edgar Allan Poe. The movie takes place in the 1830s. Why is John Fetterman in a movie with Christian Bale? Here's what he said. John's got this fantastic face. So I say to Scott, we've got to have him in the tavern. You've got to have that face. That's a face that fits in the 1830s because a lot of faces don't fit in the 1830s. That's true. John Fetterman does actually look like he belongs in this movie, largely because I don't think he's ever bathed or gone to a dentist. And they had really bad OBGYNs back then that did not do a good job. So that's that's probably why.